Brothers and sisters, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to welcome you to worship this morning. Uh, This will be kind of an abbreviated, uh, abridged service of what we normally do. Uh, But I invite you to worship with us, and we're going to start out doing that with a word of prayer. So will you pray with me, please? God our Father, we come into your presence today, Lord, in the midst of this chaotic and frightening world that constantly demands our attention. Asking you, Lord, to still our hearts now that we might know your presence and your power and seek your face. Draw us to you today, Lord, and create in us new and contrite hearts. Hearts that are truly sorry for our sins and that acknowledge our brokenness so that we can obtain from you full pardon and forgiveness through your Son, Jesus Christ, whose kingdom we seek every time we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we're going to begin with a couple passages of Scripture. Uh, The first one is a reading from the Old Testament prophet Joel, beginning in chapter 2. And so if you're following along, and I encourage you to do that, especially at a time like this, following along in your Bible at home, uh, the Old Testament prophet Joel, chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. And the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting weeping and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for He is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not to punish. Who knows? Perhaps He will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn assembly. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and to the altar. And let them pray, Lord, spare your people. Our second reading this morning is a New Testament reading from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 20. And the apostle Paul writes, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be an offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. So as God's partners, we beg you, not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. For God says, at the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. We're going to take a minute today for our pastoral prayer, and I know we have many concerns. Uh, Those of you that are listening at home are not able to uh, hand me the concerns that you have, but I invite you to lift them up to the Lord as we pray. Uh, and to join us in prayer as we go to God together.
God our Father, uh, whose will for us and for all of your people is for peace and for grace, we ask you to hear us today as we pray together, uh, even if we may not be physically present with one another. Father, we ask that you would grant your grace to all who stand in need of healing, both in body and in spirit, and lead them to look with confidence to you, Father. Lord, we ask you to grant patience and perseverance to all who are shut in or quarantined and increase their courage. We ask, Father, that you would grant peace to all who are troubled and anxious right now and set their minds at rest. Gracious Lord, bring relief from suffering to sick children and give them a sure sense of your tender love and your fatherly care. Give confidence, Lord, we ask to all who are receiving viral treatments and keep them free from fear and supernaturally we ask you to restore their health. Lend your skill and your compassion to doctors, to nurses, to aides, and all medical workers, uh, to all who are called to practice the medical arts, and make strong their dedication to help others and keep them safe as they do it. Father, we ask you to protect our first responders, uh, especially those known to us, Father, for uh, Drew and Vincent Stemo that are out in the community uh, protecting us and keeping us safe. Grant rest today, we pray, uh, to all whose increasing years bring weariness, or sorrow, or loneliness. Give them the abiding comfort of your presence. Father, we ask you to grant to all of your people nights of quiet sleep and days of joy resting in your arms. Hold us fast in your care while we're on earth, and in the world to come, bring eternal life as you call us out of this darkness and into your marvelous light. Enable us always, Lord, to declare your wonderful deeds, to thank you for your steadfast love, and to praise you with heart, soul, mind, and strength now and forever. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We come to our message today, and you know, today, in our fast-paced more crowded and more complex world, a, a few little ripples from the other side of the planet we know now can very quickly uh, turn our world upside down, especially when the multiple currents of those ripples converge to, to capsize critical areas of our lives from our financial security to our physical health. And now with this pandemic, even the ability to, to buy just the basic essentials until we're tempted to throw up our hands and say, I just can't take it anymore. And that's the bad news. But the good news, the good news that I want to share with you today is that inside the pages of God's Word, there is a wealth of guidance on dealing with the fears that we face in this fallen universe. Uh, and brothers and sisters, don't let anyone tell you that fear is something that we'll never experience if we live the Christian life. Uh, fear is a fact. That's a fact that we have to learn to deal with. But it's also something that can be managed. And today's psalm, Psalm 86, is going to tell us how to do that. And for those of you that are perhaps joining us for the first time, uh, we've been doing an expository series through the whole book of Psalms, which leads us today to Psalm 86. And again, I invite you to join me there uh, in your own Bible at home. It's superscribed a prayer of David. And he writes, Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. 
You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to You do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of Your servant, for to You, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For You, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon You. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. For the day of my trouble I call upon You for You to answer me. There is none other like You among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like Yours. All the nations You have made shall come and worship before You. O Lord, and they shall glorify Your name. For You are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me Your way, O Lord, that I may walk in Your truth. Unite my heart to fear Your name. I give You thanks, O Lord my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify Your name forever. For great is Your steadfast love toward me, that You've delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seek my life, and they do not set You before them. But You, O Lord, are a God who is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant, and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord for us this morning. Father God, I ask that you would take these next few moments as uh, attempt to expound on this message and on your word, that you would take these feeble efforts that we have put together and anoint them with your Holy Spirit, uh, that they may go forth, Father, because you promised when your word goes forward, it accomplishes all that you purposed for it to, and it never returns to you in vain. And so trusting that to you, Lord, uh, we take this message uh, and send it in your name and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, whom we pray. Amen. So have you, ever, have you ever said to someone, can I bend your ear for a minute? You know, it, it means you want to have that person's undivided attention, right? Uh, and here in this psalm, David expresses a desire to bend God's ear. Uh, he says as much. He says, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me. Do you need to bend God's ear this morning? I would have to say the, the whole country does, the whole world really in light of this coronavirus outbreak, but this is really a lot more personal than that. Is there something you need to tell him today? Is there some request that you have to ask of the Lord today? Is there some sin that you need to confess today, some worry that you need to unload? Well, we can see by the psalm that I just read that David certainly did. Just by way of a, a little background to the event that inspired the psalm, uh, we would have to turn back to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Uh, and I'll leave that to you to read that whole story later on your own, because uh, it's not like you have anywhere to go anyway, right? But in a, in a nutshell, David and his band of 600 warriors had been living in a town called Ziklag in a Philistine territory, and they were called out to a battle and after a series of providential events, they headed back to their home base. And we're told in 1 Samuel, verse 30, Now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against it. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire. 
and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. But they killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. And then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. And you know, to make matters worse, some of David's faithful followers actually turned against him and, and were told in verse 6, David was greatly distressed for the, the people spoke of stoning him because all of the people were bitter in soul. And you know, for David, uh, this was like being thrown from the, the frying pan into the fire. It was, uh, it was like a punch in the gut when you're not looking. It's like being kicked when you're down because the enemy, the Amalekites, had attacked Ziklag while these good men were out uh, fighting a war and they took the women and the children captive and they looted the whole town and then, and then burned down their homes. And so when these men returned and they saw what had happened, it was just too much for them to take. But as a, a kind of ray of hope in the midst of all of it, the Bible shows us what David did. Because the last half of verse Samuel 30, verse 6 says, But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And how did he do that? He prayed. He prayed our psalm this morning. He prayed, Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. And now what I want you to see here is when David... Uh, says that he's godly, he didn't mean that he was sinless. But he meant that the point of his life was a desire for holiness, that he desired to be sanctified. And brothers and sisters, that's God's will for all of us. And the way I know that is because his word tells us so. First Thessalonians chapter 4 tells us, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you should do so more and more. For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification. You know, and that's important for each of us because uh, even though for you and I who are, are in Christ, redeemed by Jesus, even though we're justified, our lives are still broken and ragged. And so very often God uses things and situations to sanctify us and to focus our attention on the frailty and transience of this life uh, and quite honestly on our need to prepare for the next. And believe it or not, times like these, uh, I believe we're going to separate the wheat from the chaff when it comes to the presentation of the gospel. Uh, you know, I, I have no criticism for those churches or ministries that are closed at this time. In fact, we may be forced to before it's all over. But what I believe we're going to see is real gospel light come out of this present darkness and people beginning to see where truth resides. Uh, all you have to do is, is look at the phony healing ministries and self-proclaimed prophets who have pulled up stakes and run. Uh, places like uh, Benny Hinn's website, Look for a, an upcoming healing crusade, and there are none. So why isn't he ramping up his efforts instead of uh, packing them down? 
Several Word of Prophecy churches have announced unexpected closings. I guess they didn't see that coming, huh? And I'm not making fun. Please, please don't mishear me. I'm just pointing out a vital truth that so many involved in those health and wealth pseudo-ministries forget that what is the truth of the matter is that God has in the past and still does use trials and sufferings to point Himself to His people. Paul said as much in 2 Corinthians 4. He said, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. For we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. And this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. We're pressed in on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. You know, when you and I have a, have a treasure, we usually try to protect it, right? Like all those extra rolls of toilet paper I know you guys are hoarding. We might take a, a treasure of ours and lock it up in a, a fireproof safe or put it in a safety deposit box in a bank to make sure it uh, can't be stolen or ruined. And yet in our text here, the Lord Jesus tells us we have a great treasure in plain old jars of clay. Which doesn't sound like a very safe place to put a treasure, does it? It'd be almost like trying to hide your retirement savings under the mattress of your bed. Uh, not a very secure option when it comes to protecting something, right? But the Lord reminds us that He has put His treasure into fragile containers, into to mankind itself, into us. And that you and I are those jars of clay. Those jars that only have strength if Christ is the one holding us together. Uh, and David certainly recognized that today. Uh, if, if you were paying attention to the reading in the first seven verses of our psalm today, David made seven separate requests of God. In verse 1, he said, Bend down to hear me, Lord. In verse 2, he said, Preserve my life. He also said in verse 2, Save your servant. In verse 3, he says, be merciful to me. Verse 4, he says, restore my soul. Verse 5, he says, give ear to my prayer. Verse 6, attend to my voice of supplication. Uh, and he confesses why he needed all of those. Uh, because you could go down through the same verses and he says, uh, I'm poor and needy. I'm desiring sanctification. Because you are my God, because I trust in you. Because I cry to you all day long. I cry to you to lift up my soul. And that you're good and ready to forgive. That you're abundant in mercy. And that you will answer me. And all of that so we would be reminded that we have no power of our own. But God has the all-surpassing power. Not us, but Him. Because you know today there's a lot of emphasis placed on individualism and human potential and human achievement and a focus on self-esteem and self-worth. And there's nothing wrong with that by itself. 
But times like these teach us that we are a lot more uh, helpless than we usually like to believe. I mean, you, you can't turn on the news without seeing it, can you? Uh, until even Christians sometimes begin to ask, why do such things as this happen in the world around us? You see, it's then that God comes alongside us and says, don't look around at the darkness. Look at me. Look to me because here there is no darkness at all. Brothers and sisters, there's no darkness in God's will for us. In fact, His Word says in Romans 8, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to His purpose for them. And please notice He doesn't say that all things are good. All things are not good in themselves, but that God can and does work them for our good and for His glory. And realizing that, our lives are changed because when we look to the Lord and not to our own brokenness or our immediate circumstances, we can, even in the midst of this pandemic, live lives of joy and thanksgiving. Trusting in Christ because, uh, as Romans 5 says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, Although for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we, while, while you and I were still sinners, Christ died for us. Brothers and sisters, that's for you and me individually. And the text continues, since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him, through the death of His Son, how much more shall we be saved through His life? Through His resurrected life because He's our only boast. He's, he's our only hope because it's not about us, it's about Him. So that just like David and his trials and Paul and his hardships attest, right now we are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed because, brothers and sisters, the pressure's of life can never wipe us out if we remain in Christ. And I have to confess, I don't know what all of you are going through individually today. But what I do know is that when we are at our wit's end and our faith starts to falter and when things don't look like they're getting any better but getting worse, that's when God is just getting started. Because our fears and our failures uh, and our faltering faith cannot frustrate the purposes of God. So when the troubles and trials of this world come banging on your door and my door, we can confess the truth of Psalm 86 today and say together, God, you are great and do wondrous things. Teach me your way, O Lord, that we may walk in your truth and unite my heart to fear your name, for great is your steadfast love toward me and toward all His people. And brothers and sisters, that's the message that I want to leave you with today, and that is this. Because of Jesus Christ, you and I can go from here and fear God and nothing or no one else because of His great love for us. Amen? Let's pray together. God, our Father, we thank You that in Jesus Christ, uh, we have peace of heart and mind and life. We ask you, Lord, in these frightening and scary times to be all the more real 
in our devotions, in our reading of Scripture, in our prayer. Uh, and we ask you, Lord, to move supernaturally now and bring healing not only to uh, this county and this state and this country, but to the world. But even more, Lord, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to quicken a revival among your people, that the name of Christ may be exalted, that souls may be saved, and the kingdom may be advanced. And we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, brothers and sisters, uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. And may the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance and give you peace. Amen.